Our dear Father, we thank you for the time we spent together already, Lord. We thank you for the love that obviously emanates between one and another in this church, Lord. Uh, we just ask your blessing on this word, that it will be of you and not of me. Amen. Um, as this is Remembrance Sunday, I'd like to read a little passage of a, by Max Hastings, who's a historian, and he was writing in the Daily Mail about um, a couple of young soldiers during um, the Second World War. And what he says is, he longed for his mother, William Crawford, was a 17-year-old boy, second class, serving aboard the storm-tossed British battlecruiser Hood in 1941. From where he wrote home with, with a heartbreaking story, he said, Dearest Mum, I can use, sorry, I can have, you know, what he's saying is I, I, he's worried about the situation he's in and he's asking his mother if she would write to the Admiralty and get him posted to a shore base. Um, he expresses his terror at what he knows is coming and can you imagine pitching up and down on a warship and German troops and soldiers coming at you. Uh, he was scared to death. And he also quotes from um, a Russian soldier um, who was about to go into uh, one of the largest battles of the war where uh, hundreds of thousands were going to be killed. And he too wrote home to his mother saying, um, you know, I don't know what to think. He said, I, when, we were, when I was at home, I never took in no, any notice of God. I never thought about him. But now, 40 times a day, I think about God. And uh, he said, will you pray uh, that my life will be spared? Well, we'll never know whether that prayer was answered or granted at all. But they were two young men who ended up fighting in a war which was not of their making. Um, which is, like all wars, very sad. So uh, I just wanted to mention that. I don't want to go into the horrors of war. We see enough of that on television. But um, these two young men were scared to death, and yet they were going into a battle uh, for their country. Uh, th when we have these wars, very often... Whoever causes them to start doesn't get affected by it. Um, you may recall that Kaiser Bill, during the First World War, uh, was swaggering about and involved all the nations in Europe in a, in a battle, in a war. Um, at the end of it, he himself was just dispatched to Holland, and there he spent years of his time um, enjoying Holland. Uh, and finally, during the Second World War, he died there died in his own bed, no doubt. Um, this is the sort of thing which is so awful about war. They're started by people who don't get involved in the battle and the blood and the grime and, um, and then peacefully pass away. It's, uh, it's one of the nasty things about wars and battles. Easy to start, not easy to stop. Uh, Churchill was quoted as saying that uh, jaw, jaw, jaw is better than war, war, war. Now, he knew. I mean, he went through two major wars and a lot of small ones. And uh, 
Although some people regarded him as belligerent, he, at heart he wasn't. He just would rather talk uh, than fight. Um, you, the reading we had was an attempt by Isaac to be peaceful. Wherever, wherever he went with all his flocks, um, he, he tried to use the water from wells, which he was quite entitled to use, but the people of the Philistines didn't want him taking their water, as they put it. So he, he had two choices. He could either say, well, I'm staying, and, and if you try to, t try to drive us off, we'll fight you, or he could move on. And several times he chose to move on, to just pass on with all his flocks and not to fight. And in the end, as, as, we, as was read to us, uh, they saw that uh, he was an honourable man uh, and a good man and he didn't fight and they wanted to make peace with him. So we have there a fine example of how a, a, a discussion which could turn nasty becomes good and uh, there's peace amongst uh, all those Im involved in it. I wanted to read that particularly because of, uh, uh, of the end of that. Another point is Neville Chamberlain is often derided. You may remember that at the beginning of the Second World War, he, went, he flew over to see Hitler and reasoned with him and he thought that he'd got an agreement that Hitler wouldn't attack Poland. Um, he came back and he's renowned for waving that piece of paper and saying, peace in our time. Well, it wasn't peace in our time because when you're dealing with a dictator and a liar, you can't have any kind of agreement, really. There is no agreement. But nonetheless, I, I think uh, Chamberlain ought to be thought well of because he made that attempt to avoid that war. He did the very best he could. Um, in effect... Um, you know, he, he, he lost prestige because of it. Uh, but nonetheless, um, with, Hit, with a, a man like Hitler, war is almost inevitable. Um, in Romans uh, 12, verses 14 to 19, um, it, it says, If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. I'm glad that this reading said, if it is possible. In other words, um, you've got to make every attempt yourself uh, not to enter into a conflict. But it as far as it depends on you. So it's not saying there can't be war. In fact, uh, Ecclesiastes says there's a time for war and a time for peace. So I think the Lord recognises that we as Christians will, should make every effort we can not to get involved in war, but sometimes it cannot be avoided and sometimes it ends up in what we choose to call a just war. It's a term that gets bandied about rather a lot, but um, I, you know, I can go along with this. Um, you, you, you can't say that there can never be war. There are times when you've done everything you can You've almost turned yourself into a doormat and yet uh, your opponent won't have it and we end up fighting. Um, but those sort of wars should be as short as possible and as humane as possible. Um, in Luke, uh, verse 6, there's also um, there's a wording of the scripture 
seems to imply that dealings on a personal level rather than on a national level um, will occur. Um, there are two things. You can either have personal, you, you can get upset with your neighbour and usually that's easily settled. It's not a difficult problem. You get these trouble over hedges. People have tall hedges and somebody cuts it down and then they go to battle stations and the solicitors rejoice, of course, because uh, it's money in their pockets and it goes on for years and there's bitterness uh, and envy and all sorts of things. Um, very sad. And then you've got um, the national wars, um, which are often more difficult to stop once they're started. Once somebody starts firing the first bullet, um, everybody joins in, and uh, that's much more difficult to stop. Uh, but um, nonetheless, we're required nationally or personally to try and avoid fighting, to try and avoid wars. Um, you may remember me mentioning um, during the First World War that the Germans were attacking Paris and they were obviously going to take it and then America and Britain went to prayer because George V asked them to and as a result of this um, the German general thought he saw a lot of troops coming at him from Paris and he was so frightened that he turned and called his troops off. The troops dropped their guns, they dropped their equipment, and they just ran. Now, after the war, it was found that there were no troops there at all. What he saw was of God, and um, because they retreated, um, that the war ended later that year, 1918. Um, but during the, during the, in the Second World War, Paris was again threatened, and this time it was taken. Now, um, it's not really for me to theorise over this, but I do wonder sometimes if the actions of the nations between the two wars was not satisfactory and God took exception to it and the second time Paris just fell, the, France fell in fact, although uh, the Germans only occupied northern France, in fact they controlled the whole of France. Um, so, you know, just one just wonders um, about things like that. You may not know it, but in Swansea, down near the seafront, um, there is a centre for Christian teaching. And um, it's still there now. I was there about ten days ago, and I saw the sign indi indicating that it was just up the lane. Now, that was started by one of the great Welsh evangelists, and all through the Second World War, they prayed for every battle. They didn't miss anything. They, were, they got, I don't know where they got their information. I think it was fed to them from the war cabinet. But they prayed for El Alamein and the Battle of the Bulge and D-Day. Constant prayer was got, sent up from that place. And uh, in it, we, of course, won the war. And I often wonder there whether we would have been successful but for people like that who got together and just gave up all their time to pray for um, our troops. So, you know, it's, it's encouraging that that shows you the, the strength and the positiveness of prayer. It was meant, to, uh, Liz mentioned this morning that, you know, prayer is a good thing and it's answered. Um, I wrote um, a short article recently about prayer and its effect in my own family. And, um, you know, 
it was easy to write because so many good things have happened, um, mostly out of direct prayer, direct prayer to God. In uh, 1 Corinthians 13, there's the famous passage on love. Uh, it was by Paul to the Corinthian Christians um, in which he, he says at verse 4, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy. Now most of the um, world's troubles is due to envy. One nation sees that another's got a lot of oil and they want it. Um, they see that they've got gold or silver, they've got land, and it always sparks off a row. Um, nobody ever gains. As far as I can recall, nobody ever rarely gains as a result of war. A lot of people lose their lives, a lot of people are injured, there are widows and orphans. Um, it's, it's just a terrible waste of, of resources. It's far better if they're able not to envy but to share. And I think that basically is the answer to it. Uh, King David envied Uriah his wife Bathsheba and as a result he, he arranged it that um, Uriah got put in the front of the battle and got killed. So David got what he wanted. Uh, it didn't do him any good because uh, um, God very strictly reprimanded him for what, what he had done. So that was David. Um, and there are many other examples of, uh, of people who wanted something, envied, and uh, either got it or not got it, but it did them no good at all. In that passage in Corinthians, if you substitute your own name for love, it, it becomes David, using my name, is patient, uh, David is kind, David does not envy. Now that makes it much more personal. And it certainly brought it home to me when somebody suggested I should do this. And, uh, you know, it's not just casual then, it's me. Um, do I envy? Um, do I, uh, am I kind? Am I patient? Very often I'm not. So I think it's a good thing to do. Read that passage and put your own name in. Uh, if I can just sum those things up now. Romans 12, verse 18. If it is possible... As far as, as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not envy anyone. Rather, give, give thanks for what you have. In other words, don't look at what other people have got. Look at the things that God's given you. Um, uh, I am eternally grateful for, first of all, being baptized in the Holy Spirit, which was an act of God because I didn't deserve it, but he gave it to me. And there are many other things uh, which I'm grateful for. Share wherever there's a need. Um, very often you know of somebody who's in need and it's an opportunity to share and they are inevitably very grateful for what you do for them. And pray for the peace of the world. We're back to that word, word again, pray. Um, it's the, the, the fourth thing out of the things we've just uh, discussed. I don't really wish to say anything more. I think Liz has done a very fine job on conducting this service. Uh, I've enjoyed it and gained by it. Thank you. Um, uh, shall we just pray together? Oh, dear Father, thank you for the time we've had together in the peace of the countryside, Lord. Thank you for the things that you've brought to our notice. Uh, thank you for your, your word in the Bible, Lord. It's uh, 
such a, a guide and a help to us. We just praise and worship and adore you for that and the many other things that you bring to our attention and to us, Lord. Just thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.